going to have to teach this to somebody. You're going to have to talk to somebody about this. We want to be ready, and we want you to be ready in season and out of season. So take some notes today, uh, and, and we're going to begin to talk about some things today called kingdom characteristics. We're going to talk a little bit about kingdom characteristics. Not only the kingdom of God, we know that we are to advance the kingdom of God, and we're doing that. But the kingdom itself, the the, the word kingdom, king's dominion, we are to have dominion in the earth. We are to rule and reign over situations and circumstances. The situations and circumstances are not, listen, to rule and reign over you. You're to have dominion. Say dominion. So we want to talk a little bit about kingdom characteristics this morning. I just want to unpack some things and let you just grab something. Are you ready to get some revelation today? Are you ready to get something that you can apply to your life? Are you ready to get some knowledge? The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. I want you to get a hold of something today so you can begin to use it not only in your transformation process, but help others in their transformation process. So the qualities of the kingdom of God, the characteristics of the kingdom of God. We begin to see some things and we know that faith has to be one of them. Say faith. We know that we have to seek. He says, seek me and you will find me. So one of the characteristics in the kingdom is to be able to seek it. You've got to have faith. You know, we can't do anything without faith. In fact, it says without faith, it is impossible to please God. I want to please God today. How many we got some God pleasers in the house today? I want to please God in my actions. I want to please God in my, in my words. I want to please God in my attitude. I want to please God in my attitude. I want to please God in my attitude. We've got to have a good attitude. You've got to have a positive attitude. I was talking with Jason a little bit earlier, and and we were talking about it. I had got this email, and it said, you know, I can only control 10% of what happens to me. The other 90% is your attitude determines the outcome. Come on. So there may be situations, there may be circumstances, but the kingdom of God is continuing to advance. You're going to have to have faith. We're going to have to seek for it. He says it's hidden. We're going to have to pursue the things. We're going to have to to find him. He says, when you find me, you seek me, you'll find me. You know, and one of the things that we understand about the kingdom is there's power. Say power. And there's authority. Say authority. So we we understand how the kingdom of God begins to work. There's power. There's authority. Well, there's a difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world. See, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the democratic republic. There There is nations that are democratic republic, and it's a form of government that people vote in their leader. The United States is a form of this government. We vote in the leader. If we don't like what they're doing, we don't, we don't like what's going on, we do what? Vote them out, you know? So, you know, we, we've got to understand that the democratic government, you can vote people in, you can vote people out. But see, the Bible is not a republic. And a lot of times we try to take our governments of the United States and say it's the government of the Bible, but the Bible's not a republic. In other words, you can't vote somebody in. Come on, you can't vote Jesus out. But the Bible is the opposite of a democracy. The democracy, there's power in the people. You got power to vote. I would hope you would exercise that power to vote. If you don't, 
get registered so you can get involved in that voting process. But in the Bible, there's no voting. Say no voting. There's no voting in the Bible. So it is a type of monarchy. And I want to be careful with that term monarchy because uh, there, are, there is very little monarchies that we see government-wise established in the world today. Um, you can see a form of monarchy in the England government, the Queen Elizabeth. You can, you, Queen Elizabeth doesn't have the power that she used to have when the original monarchy was set up. See, the power now has gone to the prime minister. The prime minister has the power in England over their court systems, over their government, and then the queen can add her authority to that. So it's a, a monarchy. A monarchy is a rulership in a family. Hear me today. I want you to stay in the spirit today. I want you to hear about the rulership in a family. In other words, if the Bible is a monarchy, then we know that God is king. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is the king. He is the king over everything. Are you with me? So we see where God is king, and we see where Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, He is the king of the worlds. Are you with me? So we've got the king, and in the family line, we've got Jesus Christ. He's the king of kings. Jesus is the king over the worlds. And then in this monarchy, according to the word of God, we've got the children of God, the sons of God, and they rule the earth. Are you with me? So we've got this monarchy. You don't get voted in and voted out. You didn't get voted on whether you were born and where you were born. Come on, somebody. So we begin to see how this monarchy begins to play out. So God had a monarchy in the very beginning. God has a monarchy. He will have a monarchy. And he will always be a monarchy. He's the king. Amen? Say, God is king. I mean, he's the king. So if we understand this monarchy, this rulership to stay within the family, then we can see how the rulership came from God to Jesus Christ to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Hey, there are going to be some good things today, I'm telling you. You are not a slave. We are bondservants to Christ. We are not a slave to our government. We're not a slave to others. We are bondservants to Christ. You are a citizen. Say, I'm a citizen. You are an ambassador. Say, I'm ambassador. And, and through the teaching and you growing and looking at the word of God and understanding how the kingdom of God works, we realize that the king in an earthly king, the king will rule over the people. In the kingdom of God, the people rule over a territory. Are you with me? So you are a prince or princess. If you're a man, say, I'm a prince. And if you're a woman, say, I'm a princess. You're a prince or a princess. Now, what happens to a prince or princess? They're in the family line, and eventually they'll become king or queen. Hello? Oh, you got to hear me today. So as a king, 
or queen as a ruler and in the kingdom of God you rule over a territory you rule over a dominion how many of you rule in your house (laughs) you're supposed to rule in your house amen so you rule over territory you rule over a dominion you're not slaves subjects but you're a king or a princess say I'm a king so you're a king and, and, and you're, a, you're a prince or a princess. So we learn how to become children of royalty. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you want to hear this or not. You are a child of royalty. And we're going to look at some things today. But how many of you know that royalty, if, you're, if you are in the house, let's take... Prince Charles, for example. Prince Charles is in the household of Queen Elizabeth, right? Now, what's happening to Princess Charles's son, William, is they're grooming him to become king. Prince Charles is a prince and he will remain a prince because the Queen Elizabeth is still on the throne... And because Prince Charles is in Queen Elizabeth's household, he's not still considered a king. In other words, if you rule in a domain, if you rule in a territory, he can't rule as a king because he's still a prince because Queen Elizabeth is still alive. Are you getting this? If you're getting it, say, I get it. Stay with me now. We're going to connect the dots in just a few minutes. So they are grooming William to become king. If something happened to Queen Elizabeth, Prince Charles would become king. He's the next in succession. Now, they're looking at Elizabeth's health, and Queen Elizabeth seems to be a very healthy lady, and if she lives to be a very long time, Prince Charles may never be the king of England. If he passes away before she does, the next in line is William. Are you with me? But William cannot become king until, unless Prince Charles is gone and Queen Elizabeth is gone. Royalty. Say royalty. royalty. See, we are children of royalty. You're a child of royalty. Turn to your name and say, you're a child of royalty. Prince Charles is not the king, but you know what he could happen? He could be taken and put into another British territory, and he would immediately become king of that British territory. I need you to get this. He could be taken out of the household of Queen Elizabeth, and she could give him a British territory, and he would become king over that territory. You are a royal family, like Prince Charles is of a royal family. You are a royal family, like Prince William is of a royal family. But unless something happens in that household, Prince Charles will not become king unless something happens to Queen Elizabeth. Just stay with me. A son cannot become a man 
if he lives in his father's house. A son cannot become a man if he lives in his father's house. If the son is 30 years old living with mama and daddy, he is not becoming a man until he gets out of the house and begins to rule and reign and have dominion in his own household. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Are you with me? So my son needed to move out to become a man. (laughs) Do you know that God has positioned you to be a royal person? But unless you come out from under the household that you're in and establish your own, you'll never become that royal king that God wants you to become. Can I get an amen? Amen. The king or queen dies or is removed from the territory or Queen Elizabeth can abdicate the throne and say, I now give it to Charles and Charles can become king. But until that happens, he's still going to continue to be a prince. That is the law of kingdom. That's the law of kingdom. Say the law of kingdom. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Because I am going to talk about you today. You're going to be able to tell people tomorrow, what did the pastor talk about? And you can say, he talked about me. And who I am in the word of God. And we're going to begin to look at that. Do you know that you existed before the earth? Y'all want me to prove that to you, don't you? I'm gonna. You were on the Father's mind before He created the earth. You're the reason He created the earth. Ephesians chapter 1. I want to look at verses 3 through 7. See if I got them up there. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, did you notice the word has? Has is past tense. Not that he's going to. He already has blessed you. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And he he chose us. God chose you. In him, before, (laughs) there it is, the foundation of the world. That we would be holy and blameless before him in love. God chose you. Before, before, not after, but before he laid the foundation of the earth, before he created the earth, God chose you. Oh, that's some good news, man. You were not just some big bang thing that happened. And you didn't come from some amoeba that 
began to grow legs and walk on ground and became a monkey and then you became you. You did not come from that. They're telling you a lie. It's a flat out lie. Darwin is a theory. It's not proven scientific fact. That's why they say it's the theory of Darwinism. Are you with me? So God chose who? You. Turn to your neighbor and say he's talking about you. He chose you before the foundation of the world that you would be holy and blameless in Him, in love. He predestined us. In other words, before we were even created, before He created the earth, God created us. He predestined us. And He says, I have got a plan and a purpose for you to be able to come to the earth and fulfill that plan and purpose. So He predestined us as sons. Say, I'm a son. I'm a son. William is a son and he's an heir to the throne. Charles is a son and he's an heir to the throne. Are you with me? Through Jesus Christ himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed upon us in the beloved. I mean, God was excited. He was excited when he created man. He was like, oh, it's good. He looked at everything else and said, it's good. He created man and he says, oh, it's really good. He was excited to create you. But you cannot rule in daddy's house. So God didn't create you to be in heaven. Because in heaven, you can't rule in heaven. Who's ruling in heaven? Come on, who's ruling in heaven? Everybody. The Father is. God the Father is ruling in heaven. He didn't create you to rule in heaven. Oh, are you getting this today? I know you're here for a reason today. God started with you. Let me put up Jeremiah. Do we have, do I have Jeremiah 1.5? Jeremiah 1.5 says this. Behold, it's God talking to Jeremiah. He's ordaining him as a prophet and he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I wasn't just an accident. But you don't understand. I was raped and I wasn't a planned child. Guess what? God knew you. God knew you. Well, I was formed out of wedlock. Guess what? God knew you. (laughs) He says, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. He was talking to Jeremiah. And he said, I'm going to appoint you a prophet. God knew you. He consecrated you. He made the earth for you. He operates for you. God loves you. He wants you. He's created you. He's formed you. He's predestined you to become a son of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's me. That's me. Come on, say, that's me. That's me. He's created you. He's formed you. He's brought you into this place. See, God created the visible world so his sons could rule. God created the visible world so his sons could rule. There are 500 million galaxies. There are over 5 million systems in the galaxy. Do you know how many billions of stars there are? And God created them for you. 
Can you believe that? We got to believe this, y'all. God created them for you. So when you walk out and you see the moon and you see the sun and you see the stars, you can look up and go, God, you created this for me. And you get up in the morning and you see the sunrise and how beautiful it is and it comes up in the east, you can say, God, you created this for me. When you go to bed at night and you begin to look out and the sun begins to set in the west and it's a beautiful hue of colors in the sky, you can say, God created this for me. Just for me. Say that, just for me. Say it again, just for me. One more time, just for me. God created this just for me. You weren't an accident waiting to happen. God created. He had you on his mind. The Lord, the creator God, Elohim, you're telling me he had me on his mind before he created the earth. Before he created the galaxies and the universe, the heavens, all that's involved in there, God had you on on your mind. Do you know that? I'm going to prove it to you. Let's turn with me to Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8. And I want us to begin to look at this. Because I am, God loves you so much. In the midst of where you're at, in the difficult place at some circumstances that you may be in, He predestined you to become a son of God, and a son of God becomes a king. So here we are in Psalms chapter 8. David knew it. You know, I wonder what David was thinking at the time when he said what he said in Psalms chapter 8. In Psalms chapter 8, he says, O Lord... Our Lord, oh Lord, our Lord. When you have lordship, you have ownership. Say ownership. Is Jesus your Savior and Lord? Or is he just your Savior? See, he's my Lord, then he has ownership over me. Oh, come on, somebody. The devil don't own me. I'm owned by a God. I'm owned by my Lord. Lord meaning ownership. So here's David and he's going, Oh Lord, our Lord. And what's he say? He says, how majestic. Do you know that word majestic is in terms of royalty? Wherever do you hear the word majestic being used unless it's being used as a royalty term? Majestic is a royalty term. He says, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have displayed your splendor, your creation above the heavens. His nature is a creating God. His nature is to create. He says, from the mouths of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. Or the King James Version says, the foe and the avenger. I'm going to get into that in just a minute. Verse 3, he says, Consider the works, or consider your heavens and the works of your fingers. The moon and the stars which you have ordained. And then he begins to think about man. What is man? What is man? How great is your creation, God? 
the moon and the stars. How wonderful are the works of your fingers. He says, well, what is this man that you are so mindful of him? He says, that you, you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him. And yet you've made him a little lower than God. The King James Version says, I think, lower than angels. But if you look that up, that's a, a translation error. That means Elohim because man is higher than angels. Are you with me? It's God and angels. Angels are at our disposal. Are you with me? We're not at the angel's disposal. We're not a puppet that the angel can make us do certain things. So when you look at that in the Hebrew, it means Elohim. It means we are lower than the creator God. But we're higher than angels. Can I go back to verse 2? I want to unpack verse 2 for you. Verse 2, he's, so here he is. He's saying, man, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've displayed your splendor above the heavens. I mean, you've, you've made nature, creation. You've created all this stuff. And he says, from the mouth of, of infants and nursing babes. And a lot of times we think that it's just a small child like this one that he's talking about but it's not. He's talking about you've established strength or praise. When he talks about the children and the infants, he's talking about all humanity. And when he's talking about all humanity, he's saying that you've given praise. He gave praise to, to Lucifer. Lucifer was a praise and worship leader. Are you with me? And what happened? He says, I have taken human, mankind, and given you an established strength or praise through them. Because Lucifer was the avenger, the foe, the angels. There were angels that turned on God. Hello? And they were worshiping God. And they turned on God. Lucifer turned on God. Are you with me? So here's what God is saying. In this scripture, in this passage, he's saying, you know what? We've created praise through mankind. I've created praise. Mankind is going to praise me, and that praise is going to be perfected praise. See, the praise that Lucifer had obviously was tarnished. So he wants perfected praise. Say perfected praise. And this praise will silence your foe and avenger. You get this? In other words, God's saying, you know what? I've created man and I've created him to praise me. And that praise will silence the avenger the foe, the enemy. It'll silence the demonic world. It'll silence evil. Praise will silence the devil. And he's going to say, guess what, Lucifer? 
Every time you look at mankind, every time you see that young man, every time you see this lady, you're going to be reminded that she's created in my image and in my likeness to have perfected praise, and she's going to praise me. And they're going to continue to grow and multiply, and they're going to take over the earth. Are you with me? And you're not going to have rule. You're not going to have reign because she's going to praise me. You want to give the Lord some praise? Amen. Let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. Perfected praise, God. He says it will silence your enemies. You want to silence the enemy? Praise him. You want to shut down the avenger? Praise God. <laughs> I, I get excited about that. It's like, what's happening? Oh, hell is breaking loose. That's all right. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. There was a time in our life there was something that we were doing, a business deal that we had put together, and we had a lot of money invested in it, and all of a sudden they called and said, we're out of the boat, we're done. And that, that was a black Monday. I remember that day. But I remember that day, and I remember praying and crying out to God. And I remember going home, and Shelly says, what are we going to do? I said, we're going out to dinner. <laughs> she was like, what? I said, we're going to go out to dinner, baby. We're going to party. Huh? Because in the midst of it, I knew, I said, God, you didn't bring us this far to leave us off. You didn't bring us this far not to bring it forth. You didn't put us into this thing. God, you're the one. I remind you, Father, you're the one that has started this. You're the one that we stepped in in obedience to you. And exactly 30 days later, they called up and said, we're back in. And that was the building of our hog farms that we had. Praise can silence the enemy. Praise can silence the enemy. There's a couple things. God wants you to look like him. He wants you to look like him. He said, I want you to look like me. He wants you to have a created nature. He wants you to create, create some stuff, y'all. Don't stop creating. Create some stuff. Create in that atmosphere. Create environments. Go to work and create some things for the people that you work for. You have that creative nature. And the third thing is perfected praise. Number one, he wants you to have his nature. We're made in the image and the likeness of God. Number two, if we're going to have his, 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 his creative nature, or we're going to look like him, then we're going to have to have his creative nature. We're going to have to create. You can create the atmosphere in your home. Hello? You can change the atmosphere in your home. You can bring in praise. You can bring in peace. You can bring in joy. You can bring in all these things. Are you with me? And then the third thing was perfected praise. He wants perfected praise from us. So he's created the heavens and the works of his fingers, verse 3, and the moon and the stars which you have ordained. And he says in verse 4, what's man that you take thought of him? Do you know that God made the moon and the stars? He made day, night. He created this earth for you. He created it for you. Look around especially this time of year, when you see the, the trees beginning to bud and the tulips and the flowers coming forth and the beautiful colors and the different arrays, he's created all of this. 
God had you on his mind when he created these things. Verse 5, you've made him a little lower than God and you've crowned him with glory and majesty. I think another version says honor and respect. You have been crowned with honor and respect. Come on, y'all. You have been created. You have been made in the image and the likeness of God. You've been made with honor and respect, glory and majesty. There's that royalty term one more time. And then verse 6, he says, you make him. That's mankind. That's you. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. You make him. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. Are y'all seeing this? God has made these things. Jessica, and he said, now you've made him, mankind, to rule over these things. Verse 3, you can go back. And he talks about his, his finger. You consider the heavens and the work of your fingers. The finger's part of the hand. And he says, I've made, you've made. Who is this man? What is this man? This mankind that you've made that's going to rule over the birds of the sea and the fish of the air. Does that sound familiar out of Genesis? Come on, somebody. Created things. He's given you the opportunity to be able to rule and reign over this. He says, look at man. You made him to rule over the works of your hands and you have put all things. Say all things. You put all things under his feet. But you cannot rule if you're still in daddy's house. So that's why God put you on the earth. That's why God crowned you with honor and respect. Who are we going to have honor and respect from? Good question. Good question. We're going to have honor and respect from our adversary and foe. I heard a story. Miles Monroe was talking about when, when he was little, Queen Elizabeth came. And he said, they would make you stand at attention. And they said, it did not matter whether you were sweating and if a fly landed on you. If a fly landed on you, you let him enjoy it. Because royalty was coming. That's the same way it should be when you walk into a room that the demons, the enemy says, royalty is coming. Say royalty is coming. Say it again. Royalty's coming. So you walk into an atmosphere. You walk into a place. They go, is he gone yet? Is he left yet? Because we have to stand at attention. We can't move because there's royalty in the room. We can't have anything because there's royalty in the room. Don't move. Don't move. Wait till he passes by because he's a son of God. He's created in honor. He's created with respect. He is majesty. He is royalty. Don't move because there he is. Oh, he's passed by. He's left me alone. He has to stand at attention because you have been created in the image and the likeness of God, hallelujah. Woo. Now turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. <laughs> 
He is talking about you. He's talking about you. God is talking about you. You're going to get respect from the devil every time you wake up in the morning. They say, uh-oh, sector 14 in Woodward, Oklahoma. Uh-oh, he just got out of bed today. Back off, back off. He's out of bed. They might bring forces on, but I got news for you. You say, stop. You can rule as a king. Do you know why? Because God's not on the earth. He's in heaven. You're not in daddy's house. Come on, somebody. And because you're not in daddy's house, you can rule as a king. Say, I'm a king. Say it again. Say it like you mean it. You're a king. You can begin to rule and have reign and dominion and all of those things. There is an attitude of respect because you're royalty. That's kingdom. That's kingdom. Christianity was to return back to originally what was designed in the garden, and that was kingship. That's kingship. Say, that's kingship. It's got a nice sound to it, doesn't it? That's kingship. Say, I'm a king. Say, I'm a king. Got a nice sound to it, doesn't it? I'm a king. Well, you may not be ruling as a king, but I'm here to tell you there is DNA, kingship on the inside of you. There is something there that is inside of you that says, hey, I can rule and I can have dominion and those things will not bother me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The things on the inside of me, the kingdom of God is within you and that kingdom is greater than the kingdom of the world. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to be shouting here today. Ooh, I'm preaching good now, (laughs) y'all. I'm telling you. I don't know as if you got it. Turn with me to Matthew 21. We're going to get it. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to get it. Jesus said, I'm a king. But my kingdom is not of this world. He said many times that I'm a king, but my kingdom's not of this world. Pilate asked him, he said, are you a king? He said, is that, that's what you say I am? You the Christ? That's what you say I am. The king of Jews. He said, in Luke chapter 12, he said, it is my father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God created us from the very beginning before the foundations of the world. He created you. He created you into his image, into his likeness. He created you. That's you. That's you. That's you. That's you. That's who you are. That's you. That's you. You're a king. You're a prince. You're a princess. God God left a man on the earth. He rose again. Jesus rose again. Amen. So you could still have dominion in the earth. You can rule and reign. We're going to rule and reign. We're going to rule and reign. God wants you to rule and reign now. Rule and reign now. Rule and reign now. Everybody, rule and reign now. Again, rule and reign now. Rule and reign now. You can break out of bondage. You can break out of those things that have held you back. The enemy might have snared you, but I got news for you. You can break out of those things. You can get out of those things today. You don't have to wait. You can step out today. You can step up today. You can live in the kingdom today. You can operate in the kingdom today. You don't have to wait another 500 years, another five minutes. You can 
can give your life to Christ. You can operate in the kingdom of God. And there's joy, peace, righteousness in the Holy Ghost, in the kingdom of God. That's what the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. That was weak. Let's give the Lord for praise for the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, come on. Sink it in, Lord. Just sink it into us. Did I tell you Matthew chapter 21? Did I tell you what? What verses did I tell you? Let's start at verse 1. When they had approached Jerusalem, they had come to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there. My father-in-law had, was meditating on the word, and he came back, and he showed us some things. And this was the scripture. Check this out. He said, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied there and a colt wither. Untie them and bring, or, and, and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. Who owned the donkeys? Who said that? You're right. Who owned the donkeys? There were how many donkeys? There were two. There was the, the, the mama and the colt. Oh, come on, y'all got to get this today. Jay, can you come up and play? The mama and the colt. Y'all see that, right? I mean, I'm not, right? So Jesus rode in on two donkeys. I don't know how he did it, but he rode in on two. So the Lord, he says, look, I need you to go get these donkeys. He said, if somebody asks you, you tell them the Lord has need of them. The Lord, again, is ownership. Are you with me? Say, Lord is ownership. The Lord is ownership. And there's ownership within these donkeys. So the Lord is saying, this is what I do. This is what I am. The Lord has ownership of these donkeys. See, the king is what he does. Administration. He's the kingship. Administration. He administers everything. And the Lord is who he is, who he owns. It's ownership. So let's look at these scriptures again. He says, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. See, I want to share with you. There are, there's a principle in the two donkeys right here. See, there is... If, if the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all those who dwell therein, everything that in here belongs to God, God has now given you kingship. He's giving you authority. He's given you rule over the things in the earthly realm. Then there are some things that the Lord has ownership of. That when the Lord says, it's time for Shorty to have it, it's time and Shorty will get it. 
See, there were two donkeys. There was the mama donkey, which is the older donkey. And then there was the young colt, which was the young donkey. Are you with me? The older donkey is something that you may have that is used. Oh, you may have it that it's used. You may be renting a house, but I got news for you. When the Lord says it's time, and he says, bring the donkeys, then that new house is coming to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Do y'all see the old and the new? There may be some older clothes that you're wearing right now, but I got news for you. When the Lord says, put him on the new donkey, that the new things are going to begin to come to you. You might have the same old relationship with God, but I'm here to tell you today that if you get on the donkey, when the Lord says, hey, I want to bring the donkey, you go get the donkeys and bring them to here. Then all of a sudden, you're going to begin to operate in a new way, in a new relationship with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Woo, hallelujah. See, there is some stuff. There is some stuff that's laid out there. And it might be used or it might be new. Whether it's used or whether it's new, I got news for you. When the Lord says it's time, it's time. Say it's time. Say it's time. See, when the Lord says it's time, it's time. When the Lord says it's time, it's going to be time. When the Lord says it's time, it's time. When the Lord says it's time, and it doesn't matter who has it. <laughs> it doesn't matter who has got it. But you don't understand. I've been driving by this house, and I've been claiming it for Jesus, and I know that's my house. It doesn't matter who's got it. When it's time, they'll sell it. Come on, somebody. And then they'll sell it, and you'll be in position to say, hey, that's mine. Because when the Lord says it's time, it's time. And nobody can stop it when the Lord says it's time. How many donkeys? Two donkeys. There's two donkeys. Oh, I got you got to hear me today. Your donkeys are coming. Oh, you didn't hear me. One person heard me back here. Your donkeys are coming. 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 They're on the way. They're on the way. The Lord's going to say, it's time. And the donkeys are going to come in. And they're going to come in. And it's going to be new stuff. It's going to be you stuff. It's going to be everything that you need for that relationship with God. Somebody say, my donkeys are coming. Somebody needs to say, my donkeys are coming. Tell three people your donkeys are coming. Tell them. Tell them my donkeys are coming. My donkeys are coming. Stand to your feet this morning. We're going to declare that those donkeys are coming in Jesus' name.